Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the Getting Over podcast. Talking wrestling of all forms, whether it's WWE, AEW, NXT, it's all here. And we're talking what used to be known as a pay-per-view, but is now known as a premium live event. And this one is Hell in a Cell. We've got all the news We've got all the predictions. We've got a competition running. It's all here. Before we get started, let me just ask you this. Would you like to like, share, subscribe and comment? Because if you do, you're in for a chance to win on our competition. Right. Now that's out of the way. Let's get started. So here we go. This is CookieCast getting over. Recording in progress. Hello everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to Getting Over episode number 44, coming to you from CookieCast. And as always, I'm not alone in this venture, so we have the usual Getting Over crew with us today, Mr. Andrew Cook. Hello! Mr. Paul William. And following a one episode hiatus, we have a returning Mr. Matthew Moore. Welcome along gents, and thank you very much for joining me. How are we all? Good, good, good. Yeah, excellent. Good stuff. Um, well, we'll we'll get straight into the, the predictions title from last time out then. And coming into WrestleMania Backlash, Mr. Andy Cook was our reigning and defending champion. So let's see how he fared this time around. As we mentioned, Matt missed the pod last time, so the field was reduced. But did that increase Andy's chances of retaining? Or did it just give us 141 and two-thirds chance of taking it from him? Um, so, I'm not going to build this up. There's only there's only three three sets of results to go through. So, in third place, we had Paul with two points for co- uh, correctly predicting Edge and Cody to win their respective matches. And I can confirm that Andy and myself also picked up points in those matches as well. Uh, however... Both myself and Andy also picked up another three points, meaning that we have a tie for first place. And the call was put out a little ahead of recording to see if we could one of one of the other uh, crew members could could muster up a tiebreaker question. So I have no previous knowledge of what the question may be. Um, so who has it, and what is the question? So gents. How do you want to do this? Do we want to, so I've got a nearest the pin style question. So do you both have means of writing down an answer to show to the screen? Uh, yes, and I believe as Andy as champion probably could get the. If if you didn't want to do it that way, you could also do it as Andy gets uh, champion's advantage if you like by going first. Well, or if you or want to write down, send, write it down. Or send me the your guess, or send. I'll write. I'll write it down because then we've got some visual cues for the YouTubes as well. Okay. So, the question that I have set is: John Cena 
has won the WWE title the most times, winning on 13 separate occasions. But how many days total do his 13 reigns account for? Oh dear. Um, this is going to be a calculator job. And it is just a calculator, just so um, for clarity. I've done my guess on. And weirdly, Matt's won. With, with oh my god! How did you know that it's taken him the same amount of time as the champion as it took Nottingham Forest to get back to the uh, the Premier Division or somewhere? <laughs> so, okay. Just for those tuning in now, even though this isn't a radio broadcast, that's not how it works. John Cena won the WWE title the most times, winning on 13 separate occasions. But how many days total do his 13 reigns account for? Right, which one of you wants to go first? Or show your paper first? Or do you want to, do, do you want to tell us your workings out? Well, I averaged it out a, a little bit and then added a little bit on. Alright, okay. Because I feel like I've massively undershot it. Because okay. he's been the, the face of the... Even, like, until Roman Reigns actually stepped up, he's still been the face of the company, having not been there for the last hour of many years as well. So, um, I have had a random averaging, add a bit on, slash stab in the dark, at 1,024. Okay. Mr. Cook. So, I started with a number that was very similar to that, and then I added a number to it, and I added a number at the front, and now I'm like, shit. So I've got 1,956. I started with so nine, 956, if you're wondering. So, Stu's was? 1,024. That's about what? Just a shade over three years total. And Andy's is about five years, I think. Maybe. So, the correct answer for his 13 separate reigns, the total number of days is 1,254. Well done, Mr. Bum. Was he pretty close there, actually? I'll take that. I'll take. I knew I hadn't added enough on. I was like, "Damn it!" I was like, "Ah, excellent." So, um, so yeah, because we live in the the age of Zoom, I will expect Parcel Force to deliver the hardware at some point in the coming week. Oh, wait a minute! It's Jubilee weekend, so that's absolutely not going to happen. It also doesn't need to be delivered. It's just by the magic of sort of you know, there it is. It's appeared on the wall. <laughs> Except for I didn't start the podcast. Just sat like that. <laughs> you should have, like a, you should have had, tried to have like a piece of paper just covered up and just like, like whip, just taking it off. Well, that is a turn up for the books, and as we all know, the only time that I ever get to win it is on a technicality. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad to keep that. Soon. Default, default, default. The two best words in the American language: <laughs> default. <laughs> Oh, right, okay. This this month has been particularly busy for news, so we'll we'll dive straight in. And I've started with the news that broke. Stephanie McMahon is taking time away from WWE. 
Normally, we talk about people leaving WWE. It's not a real big surprise, except for this time, it's an actual McMahon that's leaving, um, albeit uh, for, for temporarily for now. Uh, little, very little is really become known about the reasons for, for the leave of absence. Some speculated family time, speculated it could be to do with Triple H's health scare of late. Um, but I must stress that these are only rumours. Nothing really has been confirmed. Uh, the Triple H health issues, however, may not be the deciding factor because it was confirmed quite soon after this news that he has in fact returned to work in a, in, in possibly a limited capacity, but he's been seemingly back in the office. So whatever's going on for Stephanie, the fact that she's not there is a big deal because she's been a part of the, the, the cogs and inner workings for, for a good lot of years now. Um, so whatever, whatever's going on, obviously, hopefully that, that can sort itself out and she does manage to get herself back. Um, it, it seemingly has sparked the internal takeover by Nick Carton that little bit further, as he seems to have assumed some of the roles and responsibilities that are consumed within uh, Stephanie's job title. Um, but... I think they also have issued uh, a job description and application for a um, potential part-time replacement to do the bits that he's not going to. So, if you fancy yourselves a job, get yourselves over to Connecticut, fill that form in, and, uh, and away we go. And, and who knows, maybe maybe getting over and cookie-cast my, my feature on the WWE Network is absolutely, absolutely not going to happen. So, yeah. Bit of, uh, bit, of a, bit of a strange one to start, but Continuing in that vein, Money in the Bank has been moved. You guys seen about this? Yep. Heard, I, I, I didn't realise until I heard about it on a podcast I was listening to earlier today, strangely enough. I thought it was a bit of a ballsy move at first, like booking the Allegiant Stadium for what is essentially a, a, a B pay-per-view. Um, so it was set to be held in the home of the Las Vegas Raiders um, but it had been reported by Dave Meltzer that just under 17,000 tickets had been sold apparently WWE were maybe looking for almost double that to make it worthwhile the kicker however, so existing ticket holders are being refunded and if they still want to go to the new venue they then have to buy their tickets again they've been given first dibs to buy these tickets so, you know, it's, it's fair. If they want to go, they'll get a shot, right? So it's been moved to the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. Capacity, 17,000. So with production, staging, rigging, pyro, the rest of it, probably going to be somewhere fairly south of that figure, right? So all of those people who had committed and gone to your, your big experimental stadium show for a B-pay-per-view, sorry, premium live event, um, may not actually get to go anymore, which feels a little bit tight. That seems bizarre as well, because there are, there is a, is there, there's an arena, there, there is an arena there, isn't there, because haven't they got a hockey team there now? Well, on the same night that Money in the Bank is happening, there is a UFC event as well. Ah, right, okay then. So, it's possible that, you know, because Vegas for UFC is, is a big market. It's, it's a combat sport, of course it will be. Um, so it is, it is thought that that may have had an effect on, on the ticket sales. I mean, they still, they still shifted 17,000. Booking a full football stadium for money in the bank was 
it's one of them. It, it probably is a little bit too big for a standard arena, but it's not football stadium big. It's funny, isn't it? Because really, not even not even all the the four main premium live events um, are in stadiums. You know, obviously WrestleMania is, and that was Rumble was. Yeah, Royal, Royal Rumble, uh, they've, they've tended to go baseball stadium of late, haven't they? Yeah, it, is it like the last four years or three, well, I suppose the last, well, obviously you factor in the, the pandemic, but the at least three or four times it's been a baseball stadium. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of the time of year, so they want it to be enclosed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it, it was a strange move, but yeah, man, if, if, if I... But like it's not it's not just like locals that will go to this. Obviously, it's a worldwide thing. People people may have even in fact booked tickets from other countries now that the, the travel restrictions are lifted to go to Money in the Bank. And it it might... mean, not, I know that we've said it's a, like a B sort of level event, but you'd argue that it probably is the best of the rest. It's the one that has the most riding on it from, from a storytelling and longevity point of view. Well, that's based the thing. on the way that they've treated some of the, the more recent briefcase holders, like people will stop caring as much. I suppose. But it's that thing of like if if like the, the sort of the, the if they're planning on ending the, the sort of the two shows and bringing it back to one, then then that opens more possibilities for you know driving your storylines moving forward. So. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they've given up, but obviously, if ticket sales are ground to a halt, it makes sense as to why they wouldn't leave it for as like to, to a point where it was obviously too late to book somewhere else. So they've obviously they've obviously had the analytics people look at it, and this has been the, the sensible thing to do. It. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you've uh, you've just been taken on as the partial replacement for Stephanie McMahon, and that's your first job is to crunch those numbers. Mm. Um, so yeah, so speaking of uh, stadium shows that WWE are running, uh, Clash at the Castle. Tickets are now on sale for the first UK stadium show in 30 years uh, to be held in the Principality Stadium in Cardiff on the 3rd of September. I can confirm that two members of the podcast will be there live and in person, so we'll be able to give you a, a bit of a blow-by-blow account later in the year. And uh, If you manage to get tickets, obviously leave us a comment buys a beer while you're there if you want if you're feeling that way inclined um, but yeah get in touch why not so if uh, it'd be, be quite interesting to actually sort of be like oh yeah I've, I've heard you yeah so yeah if you're going give us a shout why not do you want to say um, where you're going to be setting up your uh, stall for like photos and um, sign-ins and um, Funkos and stuff <laughs> main oh, entrance Andy you've, you've, you've segued fantastically there because what if the person who wins the Alexa Bliss Funko happens to be attending Clash at the Castle and inadvertently saves me postage? Hand-delivered, signed photo, photo opportunity, <laughs> future guest spot is what you're offering, well, we'll, is what you're we'll saying. Sign we'll sign that Funko for you and render it worthless as well if you want that. <laughs> well... Whilst we're on, on that subject, if you're not um, subscribing to Cookie Cast on YouTube, get yourself over there. 
Um, you'll not only never miss another episode of All Things Cookie Cast, but you will be entered into the draw to win brand new Alexa Bliss Funko. And this never works very well, but I'm going to try and put it up on screen just now because everything is very pale. There we go, it's not too bad. Um, so yeah, this is due in hand mere moments after the recording of this podcast, I'm, I'm led to believe. So uh, yeah, they're, they're on their way. And once we get to 100 subscribers, the draw will take place and you could be taking that home. And if you are one of the original subscribers from before this started, you've got two chances to win. So thank you very, very much for doing that. All of the likes, shares and subscribes are very much appreciated. And yeah, we'll hopefully get to give you something back as well. Uh, whilst again, segueing nicely into the congratulations Congratulations going out to Charlotte Flair and Andrade El Idolo on their recent marriage. The stars of both AEW and WWE were in attendance, alongside Charlotte's father, Rick, who was walking the aisle once again, but this time to give away his daughter's hand in marriage. Uh, It was Andy that that brought this to my attention as well. I'm I'm guessing you'd seen a bit of coverage there. Certainly did, from uh, from Ric Flair himself and from Charlotte Flair. Uh, there was plenty of tweets and photographs and uh, lots of things like that going on all over the uh, the social media sphere. Um, yes, she she is very happy happy to marry her best friend and uh, and, and all of that. Why, why is Ric Flair the only man on the planet that could simultaneously try and chat up your nana whilst wearing her curtains and still look good doing it? That jacket was something else. Did you see it? Yeah. Seriously, if you've not if you've not seen his jacket, his, his dinner jacket game is good. Um, and again, whilst we're with the Flairs, Rick has also announced that the money is dried. I mean, I mean, sorry, he's stepping into the ring for one final time as a competitor. Remember WrestleMania twenty four when he when he retired, and that, that 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 was like fourteen years ago. And then 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 after that he went and fought in TNA, so he didn't. But then he was definitely retiring. Well, well, no, 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 he's definitely not. So videos appeared on Instagram um, in the last sort of month or so. Uh, of him sparring with Jay Lethal and unfortunately it seems that Flair has got the itch once again and that's not because he's been on a break from his wife Um, there must be a cream there must be some sort of cream that can help with that itch because I watched those videos and I just spent the entire time going I cringed at that video more than when I saw the screenshots of the Winnie the Pooh slasher film that's apparently coming <laughs> That looks amazing. Uh, Pooh and, Poo and Piglet eat Eeyore. Just, just no on all levels to all of these things. Uh, but yeah, for, for Flair, no opponent has yet been confirmed. There has been some heavy rumours that it could be Hogan. I would go so far as to suggest that uh, it won't be a singles match. I think it's got to be a tag match in some way, shape or form because somebody's going to have to carry that through to the end. But it is scheduled for the 31st of July as part of the StarCast weekend, um, which is kind of the, the big sort of podcasting uh, media side of the um, AEW side of things. And it's going to be also happen to coincide with SummerSlam weekend. Tickets apparently sold out very, very quickly. Um 
not been confirmed how quickly and also not been confirmed how many people uh, how many tickets were available but the uh, from the venue I've seen it could be as little as 700 so no wonder they went quicker my money's on Goldberg as his opponent yeah they love rolling ah. Goldberg out every few weeks so uh, I'm like plus as well he's not shy of ending a career is he so so uh, yeah. yeah Ric Flair Getting absolutely thrown around the ring by Goldberg. You heard it here first. <laughs> Obviously, he'll have to like brain himself on a door before he heads down, but it'll be re- it'll be fine. Be part of the contract, I imagine. Uh, well, I, I feel like we're gonna have to switch switch gears now. So, um, AEW held their double or nothing pay per view last weekend, and there's plenty of goings on from that as well to cover. Obviously, we're normally very WWE-focused, but there was quite a lot of newsworthy things happened, I, I thought, um, last weekend. Uh, so, AEW have gone into partnership with Martha Hart, the um, widow of the, the late Owen Hart, and they started a memorial tournament in both the men's and women's division, and both of the finals were held at the, the, the pay-per-view the weekend just gone. I can say pay-per-view now we're in the AW bit as well, so that just that fits nicely. Uh, it was won, both respectively men's and women's, by partners in real life, Adam Cole and Britt Baker, earning themselves a lovely pink and black title belt for the privilege. Uh, if you have chance to go and see the design of these titles, if you didn't see it, the, the, uh, the pay-per-view. Um, the design was inspired by Stampede Wrestling's North American Heavyweight Championship, which was a promotion that was owned and operated by the Hart family. So that's a huge deal, I think, for Owen Hart fans. It's been a long time coming that anything to do with his legacy gets sort of promoted within the wrestling industry. Um, and not only did we get the tournament, which I'm led to believe will be an annual thing, um, AEW are going into production on uh, an action figure for him as like a memorial thing and he's going to be included on the upcoming AEW video game roster so thoughts on that one does anyone find it weird that it's not you know it's, it's the one time that WWE's money hasn't talked I guess in that regard I don't think it was ever going to be the case um, just going off the um, like the, there's there's a couple of like different like, documentaries that I've seen over the years uh, obviously, the dark side of the ring uh, guys did a, did a thing about Owen Hart in uh, the last series, I think, or possibly the second series. Um, what I didn't realise at the time was that his, his son, um, I believe, lives in the UK. Um, uh, but, yeah, his, uh, Martha Hart's always been very... Um, I was going to say bitter, but that, that's not really the right phrase. Um, determined, I would say, to not Yeah, work. just determined to not have the WWE make money, I suppose, off his name. Um, so, obviously, she's always been reluctant to allow them to, to put him into the Hall of Fame. Not that, obviously, they need her blessing to do that. Um, obviously, they could, go, they could go down the route of asking... Brett or other members of the family in a different capacity, but 
I think she's always been steadfast in her opinion that she has not she doesn't want anything to do with the the WWE anymore moving forward. So I don't know if it's the, if it's directly Tony Khan that's worked on sort of trying to speak to her and like get things moving, or whether they've used someone who's more friends with the family. Was he Brett Hart was there, wasn't he? For he's been there a couple of times and done some stuff with AEW and stuff like that. Wasn't he the guy that unveiled the title belt? I believe way back when. Yeah, I think they wanted Flair to do it, but he was still under contract to WWE at the time. And he was insisting that he wrestled for it as well. Uh, sorry. It's your title belt, but only if someone can be... Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say I do, I do think it's 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 good for the for his fan base, anyway, that so he's finally getting a bit of uh, recognition in, in this day and age, and and the thoughts as to what happened to him are kind of removed from the equation, I guess, because of the fact it's not correlated to that company. So it's it's, it's good. And like I said, as as a as a belt guy, check them out because they they are awesome. And no, I haven't got room for a replica. Yeah, because I imagine they'd be well cheap. So yeah, yeah. And they probably change them about 50 million times because, you know, if you bought a TNT belt, that's definitely the same as the first one that they released. I thought, I thought you'd, you would be a fan of the new TNT belt as it's, like, got an NBA theme to it. Or are the, are the Lakers kind of a no-no for you, Matt? Oh, I hate the Lakers, so... No, no. <laughs> it's all right, as long as they don't start changing the hose. Sorry, the TBS belt, it'll be fine. <laughs> And if you don't know, look that one up as well, because that is funny. Um, speaking of the title belt, as we mentioned it, the, we have a new AEW world champion in CM Punk. He defeated Adam Page, the hangman, in the main event of Double or Nothing after hitting him with a GTS finisher. To date, there have now been five AEW world champions, three of which have also been WWE champions. For a company that takes plenty of shots at WWE, they do seem to have a heavy reliance on ex-WWE stars at the top of their card. Thoughts on that? For a second, when you started mentioning the uh, the, the, uh, the ex-champions, um, I thought you were going to ask them the combined number of days that they held said title. But, uh, I, mean, I mean, I didn't want to ask because I'd probably like nearly nail that one as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was always going to be one of those cases where just to get traction, it made sense for Jericho to be the first because it gave credibility to the to the title. It obviously, like you know, it wasn't just some na- no like no name. I mean, not to say that if they'd have gone with Page straight off the bat, that strange enough, I think they'd have kind of won either way when they'd have gone with that. Because if they'd have gone with Page, it'd have been like, oh yeah, like nice they're making a, they're making a new star straight away whereas obviously they, they decided to go with Jericho first up and like put a bit of cashier towards it but mm-hmm. yeah they're at the I point where they've, they've got enough they've got enough names in the company where they can put it on people who not, don't have a connection with WWE but mm-hmm. I think that I think the stealth thing is is that a lot of the indie guys that have kind of formed the AEW kind of thing are not good on the mic would be the kind of issue that I would think and that's been the, probably the main problem with Hangman 
Adam Page, they kind of created a character that was quite good. He was kind of, you know, this kind of kind of wandering around, being kind of cool and stuff like that and drinking and all that type of thing. And then he turned himself around and they kind of used the Dark Order to kind of push him over. And it's kind of stagnated very, very quickly with him. He's a great wrestler. But I think the unfortunate thing was the, the major guys that they had in the company realistically should have been you know aside from Jericho probably should have been the first champions but then obviously they signed Moxley and you had to push him quickly but like the Kenny Omegas obviously Cody Rhodes just wrote himself out of ever being a AEW champion and so you kind of boxed yourself into a corner of having to use you know a kind of a little bit WCW the stellar sign the one thing I'd say is like I know Punk was WWE champion. It's a long time since he's been in WWE, and I think that's the kind of thing that separates him from the Jericho and Moxley kind of thing, because they'd only just left, really, whereas it is a coup to get him back. So, therefore, them making him champion is, like, doubling down on that that coup, I think. For, for me, as well, it's not... It's not- uh, the, the reason I threw this in is because I, I thought it was, it was just an interesting point. But the three that they've used, the, the fact that they were WWE champion isn't the only thing that they've got in common. It's the fact that they all, all three of them left under a bit of a cloud as well. So they've got that gripe against WWE. Like it's yes, they are ex WWE, but it is almost a bit like a well, we're doing all right over here as well kind of a deal. And I, I, if you're gonna think of one person at the top of that list, it's gonna be Punk, surely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I did. I did like that. Um, but yeah, finally from the news, MJF backed himself into a bit of a corner this past weekend by no showing the prepaid fan interaction session to take place before the pay per view. Um, following this, it seemed the internet almost melted, uh, trying to determine the whereabouts of him. Reports had ranged from he booked a plane to get home himself. Maybe it was just a work, you know, because he's a bad guy. Um, but when all was said and done, MJF did turn up to double or nothing. Got absolutely smashed to smithereens with 10 power bombs from Wardlow. And then left on a stretcher, seemingly written out of the any foreseeable story. I know that he's got some kind of contract issue at the moment. Having seen him in person uh, for the love of wrestling on the microphone. Um, where he discussed his uh, contract and what would happen should Vince McMahon offer him enough readies. Um, I can't imagine that has kind of eased any pressure, really. Um, But from all of the goings-on, I I find it really hard to then pick out what's really happening. And then my brain goes into, well, it's definitely a work then for that reason. So I, I, I... Interesting one, I think. I think it's more of a, a watch this space note for him. Um, but regardless of where he ends up, if he stays the current character, it shouldn't be WWE. I don't think... I, I, I can't... I, yeah, his current character wouldn't work in WWE. I, but then I can't, I can't see how he plays any other character. I know he's good, but his whole thing is that that character that person is you know you go through the internet he has been 
MJF for years now. You know, it's the same kind of thing of, you know, a kind of in you know, guy that we like, you know, Dan Housen kind of, you know, that's only going to work in AEW. It's not going to, you know, he's not going to be able to go to the WWE and beat Dan Housen. They're not going to, they're going to want to change him. They're going to want to give him a different name. And it'll be the same for the WWE. And it's, you know, he's not particularly, you know, yeah, some of the languages he uses is outside of the PG-13 rating. But, you know, this whole shtick is not particularly too overboard with that. But I just think they'll want to sanitise it and make it, you know, make it that kind of friendly, family-friendly thing. And, you know... I get- I get what I guess what you're saying is they're gonna take this guy who's fairly fairly well built, really good on the microphone, can definitely go in the ring, and then turn him into the leader of like a male model agency or something. Like LA Knight, anyone? Anyway, oh. it is what it is what it is. But yeah, like we said, we'll we shall watch this space on the M, on the MGF situation. Um. That brings us to the end of the news section. And just before we get into the predictions, I think it's probably time just to refresh your drinks, get set before we go again. So we'll take a very small break and be right back at you with the Helena Cell predictions. Recording in progress. Okay, welcome back. If you took the time to go and press that subscribe button whilst we were having our minuscule break, it is appreciated as always, like we said. But we will dive into the Hell in a Cell predictions for this coming weekend. And it comes to us live this Sunday via the WWE Network, or Peacock for our US listeners, from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. And as always, here on uh, Getting Over, the match card is taken from WWE.com and is correct at the time of recording. And on the card, this time around, we have six confirmed matches. So let's get to them. First up, we have Ezekiel, uh, possibly the, the his debut on uh, premium live events, versus Kevin Owens. Since battling Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, Kevin Owens has had his hands full with Raw's newest superstar, Ezekiel, the younger brother of Elias. KO is absolutely hell-bent on proving that Ezekiel and Elias are one and the same. And this has included the use of lie detectors, DNA testing, but to no avail. So it's true, right? It's definitely got to not be actual Elias. So the only option left is to beat out the truth, I guess. So uh, Kevin Owens has laid out the challenge for this weekend. Who wins? Who would like to take the first prediction on this episode? I can see Paul is really excited about this match. Like it's, it's probably the match that he's waiting for for the entire event, guessing by that face. I'd love to sort of like jump forward six months, however many months, and see what the end game for this storyline is. Because at the minute, I'm not seeing what it is that they're trying to do. Personally, um, I don't. I don't get it. I, you've just got 
Owens has just come off this like incredibly hot WrestleMania appearance, and he's just been absolutely ruined by being put in this weird storyline that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, he's obviously going to win. Like you don't you don't bring back a new character and have him lose his first match. So. Yeah, can't see anything other than an uh, Ezekiel win. Okay, um, I, I did think that was the way it's going. I had, I, I had tentatively put you in the book, so that is fine. Paul, you are down for a debuting Ezekiel premium live event win. Andy scratching his head there. I'm guessing that was probably the same when you when you heard the uh, the build up to the match. I mean. I've been scratching my head from the point that this came up. I'm still scratching my head now. I don't... I I mean, I, I'm with Paul. It's like, what is this? Why Why are we doing this? But then on the flip side, I was like, well, this is what happens when you get rid of um, all of your talent and then just go, oh, sugar, we need to put a show on. Uh, who's lying around and not doing anything? Let's make some really interesting matches with these two random people. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Paul said it all really there. Uh, I can't see a new character coming in and then losing. Um, we've, we've been here before with the... Kevin Owens is fairly established at this point. Putting a loss on him is not going to really put any kind of dent in... His legacy, if you want to look at it that way. So, yeah, makes very little point, you know, pretty much like this match for anything other than Ezekiel <laughs> to win. Obviously, okay. obviously, you know, he's going to win with the help of his brother turning up. Oh, can you imagine? So, I've put you in the book for Ezekiel, but we all go straight to Matt, who uh, is giving you a nod of approval seemingly there. Like, because it's it's the usual kind of shonky WWE thing that they'll do. They'll get someone dressed up who's about Elias Ezekiel's size. They'll have a hood on or something like that, and he'll come out and smack him with a guitar or something like that. Um, KO with a guitar, and then disappear off. Um, and be like, oh, oh, maybe was he? Maybe he is his brother? Like. Yes. Must change his mind now. No, no. Still going with it, but there are rumours. You know, even rumours. I think this actually came out like I think it was last week. Someone has just been re-signed to the company. Fair enough. Maybe not in a position of like as a wrestler as such, but who does have a previous experience with. Guitars. Could be seeing a, a Jeff Jarrett appearance, maybe, and get them aligned with each other. And that's how you sort of bring it all sort of nicely roundabout. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm clutching at straws, basically. But he smacks, as... smacks Ezekiel with a guitar and then he realises that he's actually Elias or something like kind of smacks yeah. him into <laughs> <laughs> something like that 
stranger things have happened. Definitely. So maybe, I mean, maybe I'll go. I'm gonna go KO with it like a like a through disqualification though, because of a mysterious character smacking in with a guitar. I mean, Matt will be happy to know that he's gonna reside on possibly on Points Island all on his own because I'm going for Ezekiel on this one. But I don't think what you've said is out of the realms of possibility, especially the DQ finish. <sighs> can we can we just take a moment to all collectively just think about what we've just predicted? This is a oh. premium live event, a pay-per-view, whatever the hell they're called now, and this is the first match out of the gate. Let's just take a minute, bow our heads, and, and remember a better time. <laughs> well, obviously, we're forgetting the fact that we can, we've come off WrestleMania backlash. So is this not Hell in a Cell? No. Back, uh, I don't know. It's just it's WrestleMania backlash, backlash until it gets all the way around. So that then by the time that you get to the Royal Rumble, you've had WrestleMania backlash, 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 backlash. But, no, what, what, is it not a case of, like, we pass it on, so it's now backlash, Hell in a Cell backlash, or whatever, you know? <laughs> so we, we basically, Hell in a Cell is to, is to sort of, you know, really sort of, why, you know, get to the bottom of everything that's, that should have happened at backlash. Sorry, sorry, WrestleMania backlash. And all of these are some weird kind of backlash against the fans that they're... Uh... <laughs> There's going to be a backlash when they can't sell 34,000. He's not wrong. Spin, not spin wrong. on, quick, spin on. <laughs> okay, well, we will move along. We shall move along to the second match. And the second match on the card I have is Omos and MVP versus Bobby Lashley in a handicap match. Lashley won at WrestleMania. Omos won at WrestleMania Backlash, forcing a rubber match that actually took place on Raw inside a steel cage. Lashley won that in somewhat fortunate circumstances. Fortunate that his feet hit the ground first after Omos had unfortunately launched him through the side of the cage. Not content with an accidental victory though, Lashley challenged MVP to a match and the winner chose the stipulation for the, the match coming up at Hell in a Cell. There was shenanigans. Lashley got counted out and therefore MVP picked the stipulation and that was add himself to the match. So this weekend, Lashley is now forced to go through two opponents if indeed he is to secure the win. Will the numbers game pay off? I am going for no. <laughs> Straight off the bat, I think almost an MVP will win. Um... I don't really see any point in them not because it's still Omos that's on the build. Um, again, much like Andy's just said about Kevin Owens, does pinning a loss on Lashley at this point do him any harm, especially when it's two on one? Probably not. Um, again, he's, he's another guy that's been top of the card in the last few years. Um, you'd kind of like to see him doing better. But for now, you know, there the, the can only be one guy or girl holding the title, unless you're a tag team champion, obviously. Um, 
So for me, it's, it's, this is very much a placeholder for him. I don't really think it matters what happens, uh, and it's, it's more about the, uh, the, the the freshly minted Nigerian giant because that just rolls off the tongue, um, cementing his place on the roster. So yeah, for me, it's an almost an MVP win. Andy. So, what you've said there, I like it. But what I want you to do is I want you to completely flip it, and uh, that that that's basically where I am at. So, what I think from a WWE writer's room perspective is it looks more impressive if one man beats two men to get a win. And I agree with what you're saying about building this and does it really matter if, if Lashley loses and stuff. But from a get your WWE boner out in the writer's room, one man beating two men looks better from a premium live event perspective. So I am going Bobby Lashley. Okay. Alright, we have a difference straight out of the gate. Um, Paul, do you want to say the next one? I agree with Andrew on this one, and it's the same principle that I used for the main event of the last show, but in the way that this is, a, but in the opposite regard of, you can give Omos a loss without him actually losing the match. True, yeah, true. So I think... Similar line to Andy, I think Lashley will win, but he'll win by beating MVP. Okay. Matt is frowning at you vigorously right now. I'm worried because, unfortunately, I thought exactly the same way as Mr. Williams and thought MVP, MVP has been put into this match to take the pin to then Omos hasn't lost. Neither has Bobbly. Um... There we go. MVP takes it, takes a loss. So I've got Lashley winning that way. Okay. So two predictions in and two sets of three-one, as it were. Uh, right. Let's let's move on to possibly something a little bit more interesting now in terms of titles at the very least, and the US title match between Theory and nearly said his full name and got it wrong versus Mustafa Ali. A guy who seemingly lost his name and then got it back again. Anyway, Mustafa Ali has seemingly been brought in from the cold after his recent release request and pretty much has done nothing but jump through hoops since he got back. Ali versus Champa was set as a US title number one contenders match on Raw. And oddly, it was Theory himself that caused the disqualification, which earned Ali the victory. The method behind the madness was revealed fairly soon after, as Theory effectively set up the title match there and then, took place on Raw, and dispatched a weakened Ali fairly quickly. Uh, WWE official Adam Pearce, with the directive of WWE chairman Vince McMahon, set the rematch for Hell in a Cell, so that the US title is defended in a fair fight. Question is, though, Theory is still been billed as McMahon's protégé. So will it stay fair? And who's going to win the title? Or retain the title, I guess. Uh, Matt, do you want to go first this time? I've just gone Austin. Uh, Austin Theory. Theory. Um, yeah, 
Trippier, he's obviously not had the belt that long, and Mustafa Ali, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's not not wanted there. But I don't know if he's wanted there or they said they want him there, but won't grant his release. And yeah, I just think it's kind of a like a placeholder to move on to something else. It's it, I, I I cannot agree with you more. It, it's it's another one to say in a, in a couple of months' time. Oh, I've defended my title against X amount of people, and from some of the interviews he's been doing recently as well, um, it seems that the the US title and theory may be connected for some time to come. Um, for, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, remember back in the days of like customised titles and such that maybe moved or like did different things or had different attachments. Theory's gimmick is that he likes to take a selfie and has discussed the United States title being the first belt to come with a built-in camera. That could be interesting from a production point of view. <laughs> Essentially, I hope he wears it over his shoulder most of the time because if not, that's not going to be great viewing. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andy, do you want to take, uh, take the next one? Yeah, this was a match, um, I mentioned before we, we pressed record, this one was kind of a little bit sprung on me, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it, so like, like a child picking a racehorse, I went with the, uh, the name I liked the best of the two, so I went with Theory, for, for, for no other reason than that. You, you like the colours of the silks he's going to wear when he runs, yeah, cool. That's exactly yeah. Right, Paul, could you make it the third three-one prediction in a row, or are you going to complete the sweep? No, it is a it is a clean sweep. I'm afraid. Just going back to your uh, your point about the uh, the camera being in the uh, the title. Let's just hope that if that is the case, that for God's sake, don't put the belt back on Balor. <laughs> Good Christ. Uh, yeah. Long lens camera. <laughs> uh, you'd imagine, like, if if he is going to be the next sort of guy to step up, you'd imagine they'd want to sort of build him with a nice lengthy title run. Yeah, I know. As soon as it as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, probably should have said lengthy. Um, a nice long title run. So beating him after he's only just won it off Balor is very backwards in thinking. So yeah, okay, right. That is everybody in the book. So fourth match on the card I have is the Judgment Day. So Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley versus Finn Balor, AJ Styles. And Liv Morgan. Just a quick question. Yes. Are they officially going by the Judgment Day now, or are they just called Judgment Day? I mean, I'm not going to get into politics, but it's a bit like Ukraine, isn't it? It's like, is it the Ukraine or Ukraine? It's like, it's one or the other. Everybody knows what we meant, so that's why I just went with the Judgment Day. No, it's because like I keep hearing like both versions, and I'm not too sure what they're actually calling themselves. I cannot speak for definite, but in my understanding, it is the Judgment Day on the basis of not to confuse them with an old pay-per-view a la 10, 15 years ago, which was just Judgment Day. So, yeah, um, 
Although I did think it, I, I do like the new music that they've brought out for Edge. Um, I do think it would be cool if they used that theme that they always used to use for the Judgment Day pay-per-view because that was good. Anyway, we digress. Uh, Liv Morgan, Finn Balor and AJ Styles have become a team out of necessity rather than choice as they've remained firmly in the sights of WWE's newest faction. Judgment Day, the Judgment Day, whichever you want to go with. Um, so yeah, Edge has recruited Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley to the ranks so far, but each week has been hinting towards the addition of new members. Could it be Liv Morgan? AJ Styles or Finn Balor at the upcoming pay-per-view or will they stop the recruitment drive what are we thinking I've gone with the judgment day because um, you know introducing a new faction and then having them lose within however many weeks it seems thingy. But yeah but like I said there's probably going to be another member Join them. I'm assuming we're going back to the Finn Balor conversation now. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I don't know. Like for me, I I, I agree with you 100%. Judgment Day will win. I don't know if it feels like because they've done it once already, where we thought it was going to be one of those three that joined, and then it wasn't. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be one of them. I don't think nah. any of them are. Any of them are. They're all baby faces. I think at the moment, and that would lead me. I think it will be someone else comes from elsewhere, like turns up at the ring or comes through the ring or something. Of of the three, if it's any one of them, it will be Balor on the basis that he'll just revert to the like the prince kind of character that he had. I feel like we've kind of been fed those three to then not anticipate anybody else. And like I say, seemingly, Edge has been putting out photos with no comment underneath online of different wrestlers that have ranged from Champa all the way through to earlier on the day of recording, the daughter of The Rock, who is still in the performance centre. And I, I feel that's almost a checklist of people who it's not going to be. Yeah. I keep finding myself thinking, right, who could it be that he's not mentioned yet? And then drawing a blank. So, we'll, we'll see. I know I know he's been released. I wonder, wonder if that was it there. The guy, I can't think what he was. The one who was meant to be the new Brock Lesnar. I wonder if it's like, that's perhaps a bit of a work or something like that. There. Ha- that's ha- the one. Parker yeah. Bodro or something. Is his he's kind of fit in with that kind of type thing I think the thing like the Balor Prince character was very much a loner so if they stick with that then you know if he goes back to that then he'll become that loner character again I think and but yeah I think it'll be somebody either from NXT or something like that okay Uh, so that's two two votes for the Judgment Day so far Andy. Better make oh. it three. Um, I I got super confused with what was actually going on here, and it feels very much like this this AJ Styles Edge thing just 
going round and round and round and round and round. And it's a bit like, oh, we've added this new dimension to it that... It's kind of like trying to distract from the fact that it's still just ongoing. Um, and it was a bit of a... I, I don't want to... I don't want to put it like this, but it was a little bit of a coin toss. A coin toss for this one. Because um, I was like, I'm not 100% sure what we're doing here. But that seems to be the feeling of a lot of this premium live event. I'm, I'm more confused than... <laughs> I I was I was remembering the days of uh, of the uh, of the grumble, and I was I was going to throw out a uh, you know a, a grumble of you know I remember a time when it was like you you were excited for the what was then a pay per view that that level of excitement seems to have been replaced somewhat with just confusion. Uh, a lot, a lot of the matches, a lot of the, if you can call them storylines, it, it, it's just, yeah. So there's been, like I've already said, there's been a couple of matches that I've, I've picked, not with a lot of confidence here, and this is one of them. So I've, I've gone with Judgment Day, because you know it was, a, it was a great Terminator movie. So, if Andy indeed wins the predictions this time around, he has got all of the jockey community and uh, Arnie to thank for his victory. Yeah, excellent. Okay. So, last two matches to go. So, we'll move on to the Raw Women's title match. Which is Hang a... on. Oh, have we missed Paul? Did I miss I I've given my prediction yet. Oh, I've, I've already put you in the book because I have a feeling that anyway. Yeah. This is disgusting. I, I, I apologise, Mr Williams. The floor is yours. So what have you got me down as then? Oh, I've clearly put you down for Bala Styles of Morgan just to screw you out of the point now. Well, I am actually going to go for them. The only reason being is that Andy, Andy, you're the nearest to him physically right now. Can you go and check that he's okay and not like nobody's holding him against his will? The only reason, the only reason I'm going for the, for the other three is because this would be the third pay-per-view in a row that Styles would be on the losing side, and I don't really, under, I don't really see that happening. Plus, at some point, for the sort of the good of the group. They need to show that they have chinks in the armour and that they can be beaten. So I think that they could be like, they'd lose this one, which then leads to them saying, oh, well, maybe we're not as strong as we thought we were. And that expedites the fourth person coming in. So, just to obviously, I've, I've, I've now changed that. Um, so you are definitely, you, you, no, you are definitely in for, for Ballard, Styles and Morgan. Out of the Judgment Day, who takes the pin or the loss? Priest. Okay. All right. Interesting point. All right. Okay. So now that we have uh, that all tied up, apologies once again. We will move on to the Raw Women's Title Triple Threat Match. 
Um, so Bianca Belair defending as champion going in against anybody wants to guess who Bianca Belair might be fighting <laughs> for, against for a title at a pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, that's right, Becky Lynch and Asuka. So the more things change, the more things stay the same, as they always say. But we have got Becky versus Bianca in a title match for the third straight premium live event. But this time, we should be thankful that things have been freshened up by uh, adding a returning Asuka to the mix. Asuka actually beat Becky on Raw to earn the title opportunity. But Lynch just wouldn't let it lie. And has worked her way back into contention to make this a three-way dance. Who comes out with the title? Um, Matt, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I've gone Bianca Belair. Okay. Straight in, no messing, straight for Bianca. I like it. I, I agree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the same. Andy. Yep. Same here. I knew we wouldn't talk about this one too much. <laughs> so it's like, uh, Paul as well? Please. Ah, uh, there we go. See, not even the returning Asker can sway us on that one. As much as I wouldn't mind it if she would. Um, again, it's, yeah, it's, it's too soon for that title to change hands. All right. Last match on the card. And it's, Finally, on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, we get round to talking about the Hell in a Cell match. And it's Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. The final, or potentially final, instalment in this singles trilogy comes to a head inside that gigantic steel structure we just mentioned. And since his surprise return at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes has been on a bit of a tear. Super surprise, no one. Uh, Rollins just will not give up. Rhodes won the rematch at WrestleMania Backlash to make it 2-0 and was kind of looking to move on to sort of start achieving the title aspirations that he was laying out. But this match came about in particular because Rollins actually cost Rhodes the US title the night after WrestleMania Backlash. Um, so yeah, here we are. The rubber match to the trilogy that doesn't need a rubber match. I mean, I can keep keep going at these loopholes if you like. But two, probably two of the hottest guys on the roster that aren't called Roman Reigns inside Hell in a Cell. Bring it! I'm 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 quite looking forward to this match. It should, based on the previous encounters, it should be pretty good. I would hope. Um, so yeah, Andy, do you want to go first? So. My answer is Cody Rhodes, purely because I think it is way too soon for him to start seeing any losses, having had the big return. I I know, like you know, this is third time's a charm sort of thing. Would it hurt to have a loss in, in that you know two and one kind of thing? But it's just it's just too soon to see him start seeing losses. I agree that this might put this to bed, and he can start moving. On to bigger and better things and start looking to sort uh, some some title stuff I agree with what you were saying there um, so yeah it's just too soon to see a loss at this point so that's that's kind of why I've gone with that decision okay Cody is for you Paul yeah same as Andy for me um, 
even though I said I, like with the AJ um, Styles thing, it would be the fact that he lost three in a row and see that happening. With Rollins, it almost doesn't it, it doesn't make logical sense for him to win because if he wins, then does he now need to have another two matches with him to win and then have won the feud? Um, at what point does it like stop being? You know, you can't. There's there's like having a program with somebody, and then there's you know just literally doing it to death. Um, and to be fair, the first two installments have been very very good and very entertaining to watch, but there can be too much of a good thing and, and stuff like that. So you don't want to you don't want to oversaturate it and like. They're potentially getting to that point now already with the fact that they're doing the countdown to Cody on Raw. I've noticed that's how that keeps popping up, which is feels like a bit forced and a bit overkill. But um, yeah, I, I think I think Cody will win to sort of put it to bed, and then they'll both move on to the next step in the. Storyline. I mean, like as an outside shot, is there anything that we said for Rollins to be the fourth member of the Judgment Day? I think he's probably too big, and his, his suit game is too bright to be introduced to such a dark group. True, true that. Oh, he, he'd look good in he'd look good in all black though. Well, he's he's done it tactical vest style once upon a time, I guess. So. <laughs> all right, you're you're in the book for uh, for Cody Wynn. Matt, I've gone for Cody Win as well. Okay. Yeah. Same reasonings. Yeah, obviously he's a big. They brought him in as a big deal, and it's that kind of bit of a fu to AEW. So you know they 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 might not go. Put it, put a championship on him straight away, but I can't imagine that they're going to have him losing. You know, after winning twice, then like in the final kind of dead rubber match kind of thing. I mean, all right, yeah, yeah, lost to hell in a star match. No doubt something stupid will happen at some point, um, like him trying to do a moonsault off halfway up the hell in a cell or something daft, like that. But yeah, it seems it seems a funny one. I don't know why they kind of boxed themselves into a corner with it, you know kind of fine with the, the Wrestlemania match to be honest I didn't need any more after that and it just seemed an unnecessary way to box two two of your top guys into a weird feud that we were kind of settled with mm. kind of thing it just seems to be like milking the cow for you know for extra stuff that you know really could have gone in a different he could have gone in a different direction it's just yeah seems daft because yeah then you know i don't know if i don't know if like someone well obviously Rhodes is probably not going to go away for a bit but i wonder if rollins will go away for a bit just to kind of do you know take a bit of time out or something hopefully and then come back yeah potentially i i mean i i agree with all of you as well i have also gone for cody um it was weird. I, I, the, the promo that Rollins cut on Raw um, in, the, in, in the final Raw leading up to the, this coming weekend um, had a lot of AEW references in it as well. Um, it, it mentioned uh, the 
throne smashing with a sledgehammer. It, it mentioned him directly going to, to to play for the other team. Worked out that he couldn't, couldn't tear down the uh, the WWE machine with that team, so he came back again. There was, there was a lot a lot of direct references, and as you've just alluded to, Matt, like Cody winning in a weird way is the is then the fu because if Rollins won. Rollins was probably one of the loudest voices against what was going on when it started up because he's never been shy of sticking up for WWE. Whereas the fact that the Cody's had to come back to be the the marquee sort of household name is that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, that's the, that's the point I'm I'm going with as well. So that is another clean sweep. So we've got six matches on the card and three of them are clean sweeps. So it's either going to be the highest scoring edition of getting over next time around. Or absolutely not. But I guess we will find out at this weekend's event. So does anybody have any other business? Nothing for me. Excellent. So that just leaves me then to say thank you very much all for joining us. Thank you to everybody who's listening and watching along. Like I say, leave us some comments. Let us know what your predictions are. Do all of the liking and subscribing. And the Alexa Bliss Funko could also be yours. Thank you very much and enjoy the weekend and we shall see you next time out. Bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Hell in the Cell in the books. All that's left is to uh, check it out this weekend and see who's going to be crowned champion of the podcast. You can get in on the predictions as well if you want. Jump over to our website, cookiecast.com Click that email button or tag us on the social media and uh, you could win a prize. Speaking of prizes, don't forget to like, share, subscribe and comment. Even leave us a review if you're feeling generous. That will enter you into our prize draw to win the Alexa Bliss Funko Pop. Right, that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.